Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And we have what I think is a pretty darn interesting one for you today. If you've been following the Microsoft Times Activision story, either with us or without us at all, you know one of the big notes in this entire merger conversation was exactly how did this happen? It seemingly fell out of the sky to those of us on the outside here in January of 2022. But as we know, deals don't just fall from the sky. Microsoft and Activision had to get together. They had to have phone calls. What did that look like? And fortunately, because of the SEC filings that Activision has made, more specifically, the proxy statement that they have filed, which is how they are going to solicit votes from their shareholders to approve this deal, we now know with much more specificity how that happened. We can talk about some of the misreporting, some of the good reporting, and more importantly, how I think Phil Spencer and Microsoft really hustled Activision and Bobby. And I mean that two ways. We'll get to that momentarily. Before we do, I do want to point out, this is a Patreon-supported channel. If you enjoy topics like this, business and law, of video games, technology, software, pop culture, and more, Please consider supporting us. We can't do it without viewers and listeners like you. And at one of those tiers on the Patreon, you can support the whole channel along with your buddies who are also supporting us for the whole month. And here I want to thank my Patreon supporters for February 2022, Dragon Girl, Falcus Vipus, Nord, Opal Studded Dagger, and Brendan Coleman. We cannot do it without folks like you. Thank you so much. Again, if you're interested, please do check out that Patreon. Now, without further ado, Let's talk about SEC filings. And because folks have asked me for this a little bit more often, I'm going to try to be on camera for some of these conversations. So please, hi, and welcome to Virtual Legality. Thankfully, Activision Blizzard has put out SEC filings in a very easy to find manner. You can also look at these on the federal database that I've referenced here in Virtual Legality, Edgar, and look them up for yourselves. But here we have, just a few days ago, a preliminary proxy statement relating to a merger or acquisition. You can see it on your screen right now, or if you're listening, I'll try to walk you through it. Uh, but at the top of your screen, you can see it's one out of 206 pages long. So buckle in, folks. We got 200 pages to read. No, not really. I'm not going to go through 200 pages. I know some of you, a little bit sadistic, a little bit masochistic, want to come into the comments and say, you should totally read that 206 pages. Uh, but even I have my limits on making this stuff exciting. So what is this document if you've never seen one before? Well, as we talked about when we talked about the merger agreement itself, this is a document that goes and says, stockholders, you have to approve this kind of thing. Or more specifically, under Delaware law, and both Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are Delaware corporations, you can merge within those two corporations if the board approves it and recommends it to the shareholders, provided that... The section shall be submitted to the stockholders of each corporation at an annual or special meeting for the purpose of acting on the agreement. And if majority of the outstanding stock of the corporation entitled to vote shall be voted for the adoption of the agreement, that fact shall be certified on the agreement by the secretary or associate secretary of the corporation. Said another way, these stockholders need to approve it. As we've talked about here in virtual legality, the stockholders are the actual owners of the entity. And maybe you're cynical about this. You say, well, the board controls these things. Bobby Kotick controls these things. And you're not wrong. But in the platonic ideal of the corporate form, the board answers to the stockholders. And when you make major changes at the corporate level, they need to be approved by the stockholders, which means you need to tell the stockholders what's going on. You see here in this cover letter to the document that was filed by Activision Blizzard, it is my pleasure to invite you to a special meeting of stockholders, which we refer to as the special meeting of Activision Blizzard, Inc. 
due to the public health impact of COVID-19. We'll be holding it virtually. They've been doing this throughout the term there. And at this special meeting, you will be asked to consider and vote on a proposal to adopt the agreement and plan of merger dated as of January 18th, 2022. Pursuant to the terms and conditions of that merger, Sub will merge with and into Activision Blizzard with Activision Blizzard surviving the merger as a wholly owned subsidiary of Microsoft. You can check out our playlist for this. I talk about what a reverse triangular merger is. Suffice it to say, when this all happens, Activision Blizzard will in its entirety be owned by Microsoft and all the current stockholders of Activision will be getting 95 bucks, which you see right here, unless you've properly exercised your appraisal rights. And I'll also talk about that in just a second. Now they do mention here that that's a premium of 45% of our closing stock price as of January 14th, the last day of trading, and 50% over the volume weighted average stock price for the month beforehand. It was even lower than it was when we announced the deal. So it's big premium. They of course don't point out what we've pointed out here in virtual legality, which is that the stock was worth a lot more before the troubles that Activision Blizzard had, both with the state of California and the EEOC, as well as underperformance with their Call of Duty Vanguard product. The Activision Blizzard Board of Directors, after considering the reasons more fully described in this statement, unanimously determined that the terms of the merger agreement and the transactions contemplated thereby are advisable, fair to, and in the best interests of Activision Blizzard, and they're recommending it to you, the stockholders, to approve it under Delaware law. They say, hey, adopt the merger agreement approve the compensation that will be paid as a result of this merger agreement and going forward, although this isn't necessary. And they actually say later on, if we get a no vote here, we're still going to get paid. That's an SEC requirement, not a governance or Delaware one. And for the proposal to adjourn and go collect more votes if we come up short in this special meeting itself. They note, we cannot complete the merger unless the proposal to adopt the merger agreement is approved by the affirmative vote of the holders of a majority of the shares of Activision Blizzard Common Stock outstanding and entitled to vote thereon. If you guys reject this, we're in trouble. And so please vote for it. That's what the board wants you to do. Then we're going to scroll down a good tick because we've covered most of this stuff. Stockholders who do not vote in favor of the merger proposal will have the right to seek appraisal, which I told you I would talk about a little bit here. If you aren't familiar with this, this basically says if you aren't happy with the compensation that has been put forth here, Delaware allows you to get what they call appraisal rights. Any stockholder of a corporation of this state who is otherwise complying with the notice requirements for this, you've told the corporation you want to do this appraisal, shall be entitled to an appraisal by the court of chancery of the fair value of the stockholder shares of stock. Now that's its own process. It has its own legal costs, its own timing requirements. And more importantly, it's very difficult. It's a public company that it went through a deal that was worth something earlier last year than wasn't because of things that happened with management that could be corrected for in an acquisition by Microsoft, but you can't take into account what the value of the stock is post-acquisition, and so it can create all sorts of trouble. Also, it's worth noting that you aren't allowed to get appraisal rights if your shares are listed on a national stock exchange, which you might think ends the conversation because Activision is, of course, a public company, except because laws are written the way they are, notwithstanding that exception to the appraisal rights, you still get appraisal rights if you're getting something other than the stock of another corporation. So if it's not a stock for stock swap, you still get appraisal rights. And here, as we know, Microsoft is buying for cash every stock of Activision, $95 in this case. And so appraisal rights would still be something that shareholders of Activision have to consider. And if enough of them decided to go that route, 
that could actually get to the level of affecting the approval of the merger in the first instance. So that's something that Delaware requires these companies to actually tell their folks. That's why you'll see reference to appraisal rights. That's why you'll see an exhibit commenting on what stockholders appraisal rights are. I don't know if it's very likely that they actually go through the appraisal rights process. As folks have pointed out, as I've said here in virtual legality, one of the things to note in Activision Blizzard land is that most of their shares are held by institutional investors, uh, pension funds, other institutions that have their own fiduciary responsibilities. And so in general, historically, are less likely to cause trouble than individual shareholders who can do whatever they like. And if they aren't happy with the deal, don't answer to other members of their institution. So keep that all in mind as we scroll and scroll and scroll because we've got a lot of pages to get to before we get to the place in this proxy statement where most folks wanted me to focus. They do give a few instances of talking about what the effect of not approving the merger agreement will be, including the fact that, well, we won't be merged. We'll still be an independent publicly traded company. We'll see them actually reference that a little bit more threateningly. You see that they adopted specific financial companies here. They got a fairness opinion which isn't really in question. $95 isn't an unfair price. It's pretty easy to give that fairness opinion there. The question that I have, the reason I've called this how Phil hustled Bobby is because I think there are notions that one could have that $95 is a low price. Doesn't make it unfair. Does make it perhaps not the best deal that Activision, its board, or more specifically, Bobby Kotick could have received. Here's the reference to appraisal rights again. We see regulatory approvals. This is one area I wanted to highlight because it comes up in this space a lot, but it's important to note the United States doesn't approve deals. And you see that in this split here. Under the merger agreement, the merger cannot be completed until the applicable waiting period under the Hart-Scott-Rodino Antitrust Improvements Act of 1976, as amended, has expired or been terminated. The window runs out without them stopping us. And the approval or clearance of the merger under the antitrust and foreign investment laws of certain specified countries. Other jurisdictions approve these things or don't. The U.S. doesn't. The time period just elapses. And if the FTC or the DOJ decides to sue you later, well, we see that with Facebook. They can, in fact, reserve the right to do that. Continuing for more and more pages here. If you're a stockholder of one of these companies, you just look at this and say, well, all right, how much of this is somebody actually going to read? This is all written by lawyers, by the way, as we scroll. So you can see how lawyers get paid in these deals. Uh, these are very technical documents. You can't have foot faults here. You can't lie to your shareholders. This is how you get sued. You have to be very, very careful. What happens if the merger-related compensation proposal is not approved? I mentioned it above. Regardless of the outcome of that vote, if the merger is completed, Activision Blizzard may still pay such compensation. It's nothing except an SEC requirement for you to tell your shareholders what you plan to do. And then we get some more uh, special meeting terms, exactly what this looks like. What is a proxy statement? If you're not in virtual legality, you need a little help understanding that. Who are the parties to this? And then this is where everybody wanted me to focus. And, and bless your hearts, audience of virtual legality. I really love you. A lot of you asked me to go over this. This is almost a novel in form of how this happened, right? From November, we now know, until January of this year, Microsoft and Activision were actively engaged in talks. And Activision wants you to know how this process went, shareholders of Activision, in essence, to defend exactly how they behaved, how $95 was arrived at, why you should vote for the merger proposal. But in so doing, they, in my opinion, exposed certain aspects of this deal that really caused me to question whether or not $95 was the best they could do for their stockholders. Now, before we get into that, 
I'm going to comment on it throughout as we look at this summary. It's important to note that the baseline under Delaware law for meeting your fiduciary obligations as a member of the board of directors or an officer of the company is largely going to be protected by what we call the business judgment rule. The court doesn't want to step into the feet of business managers, either at the board or officer level, and second guess exactly what they did later on. So a lot of this is going to be pretty broadly within the ambit of that rule, in my opinion, that I'm going to say, hey, they clearly got hustled here. They're being pressed. They didn't do as much as I would have liked to have seen them do, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't mean that I think that it necessarily rises to the level of a winning legal action uh, by a stockholder or someone else. But it does tend to suggest to me that management, particularly the officers, particularly Bobby, were potentially allowing the deal to go forward on this expedited basis because of outside factors that should call into question the entire nature of this particular transaction. Now, we already knew this from the Wall Street Journal reporting, saying that Bobby was looking for a soft landing place and that Microsoft afforded him that opportunity. But again, remember, the board of directors isn't the owners of the company. They are fiduciaries for the stockholders. And their job, when you get into the shadow of an acquisition, as is what clearly happens here, is to maximize the stockholder return. Technically, both short-term and long-term, it's really only short-term when we talk about a ca an all-cash transaction like what Microsoft put forward. But if somebody else had come in with some kind of combined cash and stock acquisition, then you'd be looking at it a little bit differently. What does that long-term combination look like? And as we will see, Activision Blizzard had some other suitors, but they moved very, very rapidly with Microsoft primarily because Microsoft was pushing them to hustle. So let's take a look at what happened here. First, a little bit of threatening language. If the merger is not consummated, and depending on the circumstances that caused the merger not to be consummated, it is likely that the price of Activision Blizzard common stock will decline significantly. That's, of course, accurate, as we've talked about here in this space. The price of the stock went up significantly when the deal was announced because if this deal goes forward, if the regulators don't get involved, every piece of stock is worth $95. So we don't quite see the price matching that, but it's certainly a lot higher than it was when the deal was announced. If that were to occur, it is uncertain when, if ever, the price of Activision Blizzard common stock would return to the price at which it trades as of the date of this proxy statement, which is about 80 bucks, I believe. Uh, although we don't know when the proxy statement will go out. If the merger is not consummated, the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors will continue to evaluate and review Activision Blizzard's business operations, assets, and capitalization, among other things, make such changes as are deemed appropriate, and continue to seek to enhance stockholder value. We're going to do our fiduciary duties under Delaware law to continue to grow the company and keep your money safe. But that price might not ever come back, so you should think about taking $95 while it's there to be taken. Now we get into some background. The Activision Blizzard Board of Directors and Senior Management Team regularly review Activision Blizzard's performance, future growth prospects, and overall strategic direction and consider potential opportunities to strengthen Activision Blizzard's business and enhance stockholder value. That's their job. But it also goes to what I've said in the past, which is that everybody everywhere is constantly evaluating when it makes sense to buy, when it makes sense to sell. You have entire divisions, entire squadrons of people, especially at these big companies, that are just evaluating what strategic combinations might be possible, what they might look like, and who's open to them as they move forward into the future. For over 20 years, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft have maintained an ongoing commercial relationship while the companies have certain commercial arrangements relating to the licensing of various products and services, their principal business relationship relates to the publishing of products and services for the Xbox gaming platform. This relationship began over 20 years ago and 
Bobby Kotick, the chief executive officer of Activision Blizzard, and Phil Spencer, the chief executive officer of Microsoft Gaming, maintain a regular dialogue about the commercial relationship and the gaming industry generally. Again, these folks are on the phone with each other constantly. It's their job to both manage that relationship, keep everybody happy, and to evaluate what a combination like this one might look like. Then the action starts. On November 19th, 2021, in the course of a conversation on a different topic between Mr. Spencer and Mr. Kotick, Mr. Spencer raised that Microsoft was interested in discussing strategic opportunities between Activision Blizzard and Microsoft and asked whether it would be possible to have a call with Mr. Nadella the following day. That's Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, the one that actually controls the purse strings uh, and not Phil Spencer. But when you get a call and you're on the phone with Phil Spencer and he says, hey, interested in considering some strategic options. Uh, would you be available for a call with the big guy here at Microsoft? Generally speaking, if you're Bobby Kotick or anyone else, you know what's up. Mr. Kotick agreed to participate in such discussion. And then he promptly reported the conversation to Robert Morgado, the lead independent director on Activision Blizzard's board of directors, Brian Kelly, the chairman, et cetera, et cetera. When that happens, you immediately follow that up with phone calls and emails and say, hey, I think Microsoft might be interested in purchasing us. Uh, and so that's November 19th. Now, what's important about that date for folks that need context here is that it is only three days after the bombshell report that drove the Activision stock price down further and particularly put Bobby Kotick in the crosshairs individually. As Wall Street Journal put it, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick knew for years about sexual misconduct allegations at Video Game Giant. That's November 16th, 2021. And only a couple of days later, Phil Spencer has reports made, says he's deeply troubled by Activision Blizzard and is evaluating all aspects of our relationship. Remember, November 19th, he's talking with Bobby Kotick about something else, so the parties claim, certainly Activision does, and then he raises the concept of potentially buying the company. So that's the day before this November 19th call. And as we've talked about here in the space, as you've seen in the playlist, I've said, well, Microsoft was doing some interesting stuff, having comments about this, potentially driving the price down uh, of what they would ultimately agree to acquire here in January of this year. And then November 19th is effectively Bobby Kotick individually at his lowest, Activision just then experiencing some of the press down on their stock price from that Wall Street Journal article. And Phil pounces on it. Microsoft takes advantage. Nothing wrong with that. And when I say hustled, I don't necessarily mean operating illegally or conning or anything like that, but really pressuring Bobby Kotick individually and Activision to get a deal done very, very fast. In a call on November 20th, 2021, so this is the next day, this is that call with Satya Nadella, between Kotick and Nadella, Mr. Nadella indicated that Microsoft was interested in exploring a strategic combination. Following this call, Mr. Kotick promptly discussed the calls with Morgado and Kelly and thereafter with a representative of Skadden Arp, Slate, Meager, and Flom, LLP, outside legal counsel to Activision Blizzard, which we refer to as Skadden. The reason I highlighted them here is a couple. Uh, one, interviewed at Skadden. This is the kind of law firm that has cots available in the office next door and showers and space to get your dry cleaning done because you're not going home to see your family. Suffice it to say, didn't like that interview very much, but they're obviously a big deal. And when you're talking about $70 billion worth in deals, uh, well, you get a big firm to handle that kind of thing. I also highlighted it because whenever you see Skadden, this is essentially what I do when we're doing mergers and acquisitions. Yes, the prices are much, much different than those are described here, but basically every aspect of this, uh, when you see Skadden evaluating NDAs or term sheets or the merger agreement itself, that's what I do. That's what mergers and acquisitions lawyers do. Uh, and so I wanted to highlight that for you if you're ever interested in what my day-to-day -day looks like on these kinds of deals. 
On November 22nd, so now two days after that, three days after the initial Phil Spencer comment, they, a call was held between Spencer, Kotick, and Kelly, during which call Mr. Spencer noted that while Microsoft already had a significant amount of information about Activision Blizzard and its business as a result of their relationship, Microsoft would need additional information regarding Activision Blizzard's long-range financial plan and prospects in order to advance its analysis. So here Microsoft is saying, hey, we're interested. You've talked to our CEO, you know we're interested. We can't put together even a price for what we would pay unless we know what assets you got, unless we know what your prospects are, what your plan is, what happened in the quarter that you haven't reported yet. Subsequently, Kotick and Kelly indicated to Mr. Spencer that Activision Blizzard was not willing to provide such information without an indication of the proposal. So here you get early negotiations, right? Microsoft says, hey, we, we're not even gonna put a price on this thing. Uh, until you give us more info. And Activision says, well, we're not going to just hand out our prospects for what is at least a slight competitor with Microsoft who publishes its own games, as we've talked about with respect to whether regulators will have an issue with this, until you commit to something. Give us a price range because we're not just handing out this information willy-nilly. On November 26th, four days after that call with a little thought process here, Mr. Spencer again speaks with Kotick and Kelly, indicating that based on the information that they do have, Microsoft was preliminarily considering making an all-cash acquisition proposal for Activision Blizzard at what price? $80 per share. Now, I've already talked about the fact that $95 seems pretty small for what Activision Blizzard was doing with its assets and its prospects and everything else before everything happened last summer, and $80 per share is pretty close to offensive in terms of both premium to be paid and what the stock price had recently done with the portfolio of assets at their disposal. But this is Phil being very, very aggressive and also putting pressure on Activision Blizzard to give them the additional information they need. You can imagine this conversation going, well, okay, if you're not going to give us any of your information on prospects, we can only evaluate what we see right now. And unfortunately, what we see right now is disastrous. So I guess we could offer $80 and you can see Microsoft putting the screws to Activision. And remember, Bobby Kotick individually in the crosshairs as this proceeds. On November 28th, 2021, so two days after that, based on discussions with Kelly, Cordy, and Morgado, Mr. Kotick communicated to Mr. Spencer that the Activision Blizzard board of directors might be willing to entertain a proposal, but only at a range of between 90 and $105 per Activision Blizzard share. Now, why you put a top end on what you might consider, I don't know. But one thing that I suspect even you guys that probably haven't negotiated a major merger or acquisition, if you have, leave a comment to this video, of course, is that when you set a bottom of a range you might entertain, you can pretty assuredly assume what price you are going to get back on any future proposal. If you're guessing, and we're not there yet, that Microsoft will counter at $90 per share, well, spoiler alert, you're right. Following that discussion on November 29th, 2021, Spencer communicates to Kodak and Kelly that Microsoft was, yeah, we're willing to negotiate a potential transaction within the $90 to $105 per share range, noting that we'd be more comfortable at the lower end of that range. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll do 90 to 105. Don't expect anything like 105, Bobby. And so you see at the very start, Activision giving up a little bit of its hand here right? This is a little bit negotiating against yourself when you set that $90 price. And, and what I mean by that is you're giving the other side an out 
to what you want. Now that's part of this process. You need to come to a number together. But when you look at this and you see how 95 gets arrived at, you see that Activision Blizzard at all points in time, especially through the actions of Bobby Kotick, is essentially giving up their hand, is showing exactly what cards he has to play at each and every point and realistically pushing this deal along regardless of everything else that's happening around it. On December 3rd, 2021, a few days later, Activision Blizzard Board of Directors holds a meeting by video conference. And I won't highlight all of these, these big paragraphs here where they talk about that. That's every time the board gets together. So as of this happening right now, when you start talking about 80 or 90 to 105, et cetera, et cetera, you're now talking about really selling the company. These are realistic talks at this point in time. Board needs to get involved and they do on December 3rd. They uh, select Allen & Company as their financial advisors. You'll see a couple of places here where Allen & Company apparently has some kind of relationship with Microsoft as well. So those potential conflicts are disclosed and waived uh, by the board. Not really a big deal. Whenever you're talking about these big companies, you're going to have some of those relationships. Uh, but certainly these read like minutes where the board is absolving itself of issues here saying, hey, we considered all the potential problems. They were disclosed uh, and we allowed for them anyway. At the same meeting, a representative of Skadden discussed the director's fiduciary duties in the context of considering a potential acquisition of Activision Blizzard and various considerations that should be included in the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors decision-making process. And that's what I've talked about here in virtual legality, right? Skadden's lawyers get up there and say, hey, just so you know, we're now in the shadow of an acquisition, which puts your fiduciary duties hats in a more precarious place. You need to make sure that we're documenting exactly what we're considering about this process. We need to make sure we don't leap in to any proposed deal that could potentially bind us or harm the company before we've seen potentially what's out there. And we'll see Activision Blizzard's board instruct Bobby Kotick to go evaluate what's out there as part of this process. And that's what a lawyer does. A lawyer goes and has a virtual legality episode in the boardroom for a little bit more expensive uh, pricing than I charge you all here in YouTube and podcast land and explains to them exactly what they need to be worried about so that the board is aware and avoids, hopefully, those potholes and landmines that they could otherwise step into or on. Later on December 3rd, 2021, following the conclusion of that meeting of the board, Kotick and Kelly receive an unsolicited email from the chief executive officer of another gaming company, which we refer to as Company A, expressing interest in exploring a potential strategic transaction. Now, a couple of things could be happening here, and we'll see another individual contact Activision Blizzard. A couple of things could be happening. One, there could be whispers in the wind that Microsoft is engaged in these transactions, although these are small enough in scope right now, it would surprise me if they got too far outside the company uh, headquarters, but it is possible. The other thing that's happening is that a major company with a major spot in a major industry has had a huge dive in its stock price, which means, hey, it's a buyer's market. We should see if they're open to selling to us. In either event, Microsoft contacts them on November 19th to talk about this. They have the call with Satya Nadella on November 20th. And then only about a week, a week and a half later, we get an unsolicited request to talk from another company. We won't see any of these named because Activision Blizzard doesn't move forward with any of them. Three days after that, on December 6, 2021, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft enter into a mutual non-disclosure agreement in order to facilitate Activision Blizzard sharing with Microsoft certain confidential information. So understand the process here was, we're not sharing anything with you until you give us a number. You give us $80, we say, ha. Uh, how about 90 to 105? They say, yeah, we can work with 90 to 105. And then they enter into an NDA. This isn't an exclusivity provision. This is just Microsoft agreeing that they won't share this information. They won't use it for any other reason outside of evaluating the potential transaction, the potential purchase 
of Activision Blizzard. And then Activision Blizzard shows them what they got. Activision Blizzard, they also note, is not a party or subject to any non-disclosure or other agreement with a party other than Microsoft. This is important. They didn't move forward with a fulsome evaluation process with anyone else, or as they say, companies A, C, D, E, or individual B. There is nothing that moved even as far forward as a simple NDA, let alone a term sheet, active proposal negotiations, conversation with any of these other parties. And that's where I think Microsoft really won the day is hustling Activision out of moving forward there by pressuring them on time. Also on December 6, 2021, Activision Blizzard's long range plan was shared with representatives of Microsoft, which is the quid pro quo. Microsoft signs the NDA, they agree not to do anything with it, and then Activision Blizzard shares their long-range plan, which highlights what their current financial prospects are, what they've seen in the quarter that they haven't reported yet, everything else, and says, okay, Microsoft, we need a real number from you. Also, on December 6, 2021, Mr. Kelly receives an unsolicited email from an individual who we refer to as Individual B, indicating a desire to explore the potential acquisition of the company's Blizzard business unit or potentially a full take private transaction. Somebody comes out of the woodwork with ostensibly the means to spend a considerable amount of money to acquire the assets of Blizzard out of Activision Blizzard and do something with them or take Activision Blizzard in its entirety private. Now that's an enormous sum of money. It would probably be leveraged, some kind of leveraged buyout, probably be exchanged for some kind of equity position in the new private company, an enormously complicated transaction. And we'll see that reference later on in this description of events. But there's some individual out there described not as a company or entity, but an actual individual that said, hey, you want to sell us Blizzard or maybe your whole kit and caboodle. Uh, and Activision Blizzard doesn't really move forward with those conversations much at all. Two days after all of that, so Microsoft's holding the long range plan. They're in the midst of evaluating what this purchase price is that they want to offer now that they can see what Activision Blizzard has going on for the next three to four years. Uh, and they're evaluating that. Individual B is coming out of the woodwork. Company A has talked to them. On December 8th, 2021, Mr. Spencer informs Mr. Kotick that a potential transaction with Activision Blizzard was considered at a meeting of Microsoft's board on that day, and that as authorized by Microsoft's board, Activision Blizzard should re expect to receive a formal proposal from Microsoft for a potential acquisition. That's when we move into term sheet land. What does this look like? Phil Spencer has already communicated to Bobby Kotick at this point that they're expecting an all-cash transaction. We know Microsoft doesn't need to finance those. They don't need to go get a bank loan to finance an all-cash transaction. That can be very attractive to a company that doesn't have to worry about a lot of extra variables. If that price is good enough, all-cash is very often preferred in these kinds of transactions. Two days after Mr. Spencer warns Mr. Kotick of that, the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors holds another meeting and discusses other technology and or gaming companies that might have interest in pursuing a transaction with Activision Blizzard, including Company A, which we know solicited a potential transaction, as well as Activision Blizzard continuing on a standalone basis. So here's the board acting in its fiduciary capabilities, right? Okay, we have Microsoft out there. We think they're gonna offer something between 90 and 105, and anybody that's acting logically knows that that offer is gonna be 90. Again, spoiler alert, it will be. And we should consider whether somebody else might be able to offer more, give our stockholders more because it's not our money. We need to make sure we maximize the value to the stockholders in a transaction of this type, including if we maximize that by holding fast. What are our prospects? Are we gonna increase that stock price up to something like a $95 or more level? How long will that take? And having those conversations. This is big, big stuff 
for any board of directors, but certainly a massive public company's board of directors. With respect to company A, the Activision Blizzard board of directors discussed, among other things, that a transaction with company A would necessarily include a very significant stock component, which would not be directly comparable to an all-cash transaction, would not likely yield significant cost synergies, and would need to be premised on the belief that the long-term value of the combined company would achieve greater value than Activision Blizzard's standalone plan. So if we sell to another company and our stockholders are going to get stock in that company, it's even more important for us to evaluate that that other company is going to operate better than we've been operating ourselves. Now, in the context of 2021, there's certainly a lot of complaints to be leveled at the board of directors of Activision Blizzard at management. And so in most instances, I would say almost anybody else leading Activision Blizzard probably going to get some shareholder value, but that's probably not how the board and management feels about it. And an all cash transaction is valued by these companies because they don't have to think about that stuff. It's 95 bucks. Skadden also provided their respective views to the Activision Blizzard board of directors on such considerations. So Skadden as legal representative would be talking about the legal obligations. Hey, you have to consider these various things. Oftentimes in that capacity, the lawyers also are asked business strategic considerations. What, what would you do? What do you think about these various things? And that's part of the fun of being a mergers and acquisitions attorney is having those conversations at those high levels and helping them evaluate for themselves what should be going on. So that's highlighted primarily again to show exactly what it is I do on these transactions. While noting that it was unlikely that a transaction with company A could be as attractive or competitive as an all-cash proposal from Microsoft, the Activision board of directors determined that, particularly in light of the anticipated proposal from Microsoft, it would make sense for Mr. Kotick to meet with the chief executive officer of company A and learn the parameters of company A's interest in a potential transaction. Accordingly, the board directed Mr. Kotick to have that meeting. In addition, Mr. Kelly reported on the email he received from individual B. The Activision Blizzard board of directors discussed the ability of individual B to credibly pursue a transaction of the size and complexity that such a transaction would entail, as well as the disruption that might ensue were it to become known that Activision Blizzard was exploring strategic alternatives, which might occur if Activision Blizzard engaged in discussions with individual B. Here's where it gets real interesting. In light of prior dealings between Activision Blizzard and individual B, who in the world do you think is individual B? We now know it's a person that might need to put together a syndicate to purchase either Blizzard, with which they may have some history, question mark, or Activision Blizzard in its entirety. And that Activision Blizzard's board is looking and saying, we don't think we can keep it secret in light of prior dealings that they've had. So there was some instance where this individual apparently was talking in public about its relationship with Activision Blizzard, certainly signaling to me that there's some amount of hostility or acrimony uh, here in this respective relationship. Certainly, everything they say about complexity is right. When you're talking about a leveraged buyout or an individual taking assets out and spinning them off uh, for whatever that individual wants to do with them. But it certainly is interesting. Who, who in the world is that? I suspect it might be someone related to Blizzard, the founders of Blizzard, uh, essentially from the start. Uh, but we just don't know what we don't know on that. So that's entirely speculation. After discussions, the Activision Blizzard board of directors concluded that Mr. Kelly should not engage with individual B unless instructed to do so at a later date. So again, business judgment rule, they're evaluating that and saying, well, for those reasons, the complexity, we don't think we can keep it secret. If we can't keep it secret, we might lose the Microsoft deal. Don't engage with that person at all. 
Later on that day, Mr. Spencer requested an additional discussion with Mr. Kotick. Mr. Kotick consulted with Kelly and Morgado and with a representative of Skadden about the potential transaction prior to that call. Later that afternoon on that call, Mr. Spencer informed Mr. Kotick and Mr. Kelly that Microsoft would be sending a written non-binding indication of interest to acquire Activision Blizzard later that evening at a purchase price of what we already know, $90 per share in cash. If you don't expect a $90 offer, don't offer $90 as the window you're willing to accept. Messrs. Kotick and Kelly expressed their disappointment at the proposed price. Did, did, you, did you all not see the higher end? Of, we, we put a range. 90, 90 was the, the lowest number. Why would you offer the lowest number? <sighs> Sigh. But stated that they would report the proposal to the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors. Later that evening, a representative of Simpson on behalf of Microsoft sent to a representative of Skadden, remember the lawyers for Activision Blizzard, that indication of interest at the $90 per share in cash, together with a draft exclusivity agreement providing for exclusive discussions with Microsoft through January 15th, 2022. And the letter requested a response to the proposal by Monday, December 13th, 2021. Here's where the rubber really hits the road. And Microsoft isn't doing anything wrong here. Uh, but you can see exactly how this goes down. They're having these conversations initially started at the end of November over a holiday period, right? Thanksgiving happens throughout that period. These people are working weekends. They're trying to get this thing done. Microsoft is hustling them. They're moving them as quickly as possible through this consideration practice because they don't want to be competing with anybody. They don't want to get into an auction situation. They don't want Activision Blizzard to think about it. And so when they actually put forth this offer at $90, which Bobby Kotick has self-admittedly said was an acceptable range for him to consider, they do it in a letter that says, you have to get back to us on Monday. At the evening of Friday, December 10th, we need a response on Monday, December 13th for this massive thing. You've worked at this company for decades. The board has to approve it. And we need your answer as to whether this is going to be acceptable to you by Monday. This is standard procedure. This is not Microsoft being ridiculous. It's a little bit short. I like to give a week, but again, I'm not dealing with multi-billion dollar transactions for the most part, but you want it to be something that they have to operate on really quickly, not to pressure them quite as much as Microsoft is doing here, but because you don't want your offer to be out there forever and ever, right? This is a big deal for Microsoft as well, although not nearly as big a deal as Activision and Activision going away for all intents and purposes, but it's a big deal for Microsoft as well. You don't want to be out there saying, hey, we could potentially spend $70 billion and that's two weeks for you to think about it and find someone else and start an auction process, et cetera, et cetera. So they give you a very short period of time, a period of time we will see Activision Blizzard blow by because what do they do when that term sheet is in front of them? They say, we should talk to other people. On December 12th, 2021, so this is a Sunday now, the Activision Blizzard again meets the board is discussing that in addition to the $90 per share cash purchase price, the indication of interest requested that response by Monday, tomorrow at this point in time, proposed a period of exclusive negotiation through January 15th, stated that the transaction will be all cash, not subject to financing. We've got $70 billion to pay you right now, uh, Microsoft, and noted that Activision Blizzard post-acquisition would be led by the gaming leadership of Microsoft. Representatives of Allen and Skadden, so the financial advisors and the legal advisors to Activision Blizzard, also reported that in conversations with their respective counterparties, each had conveyed a desire on the part of Microsoft to move expeditiously. And this is very, very fast for a deal of this type. This, not even a month has passed since Phil broaches the topic with them. And now you can see the financial and legal folks through directives from the actual business operating unit at Microsoft are telling Activision, got to move fast. This deal is on the table for a very short period of time. You don't move fast. It's going away. Move fast, move fast, move fast. Hustle, hustle, hustle. At the meeting, the Activision Blizzard board of directors discussed that in determining how to respond to Microsoft's indication of interest, it would be helpful for Activision Blizzard to have a sense of other parties that might be interested. 
Indeed it would, Activision Blizzard board. Allen and company, remember that's their financial advisors, suggested a number of potential third parties for consideration, including which of those third parties in Allen and company's view would likely be most able to acquire Activision Blizzard in a transaction that could potentially deliver greater value to stockholders of Activision than the non-binding indication of interest received from Microsoft. Hey, there might be some folks that have a higher deal out there. Allen and company indicated that in its view, companies C, D, and E were most likely to be able to acquire Activision Blizzard in a transaction that could potentially deliver greater value to Activision Blizzard stockholders than Microsoft's proposal. So you see here, December 12th, that Sunday, they're having this very, very important meeting. And it's at that point in time, not a month before, a little bit odd in my opinion, the board of directors says, hey, we should think about seeing if anybody else is willing to do this. Now, remember, they actually rejected individual B because they thought they couldn't keep it secret if it was known that they were exploring strategic alternatives. So there's a real lack of trust in terms of disclosure and NDAs and everything else with individual B, which apparently isn't present with their CEO, Bobby Kotick, going out and making phone calls to a host of other companies. Now, I do think the board is right here. This needs to be evaluated, but it just goes to show you exactly how much of a non-factor the Activision Blizzard board was considering individual B at that point in time. Again, I think it's most likely someone that has a historic relationship with both Activision and Blizzard itself. And that's why you have some sense of Activision Blizzard's board uh, being concerned about it. At the meeting, Mr. Kotick also provided an update on his communications with Company A, noting that he had scheduled an upcoming meeting for December 14th, notably the day after Microsoft has requested them to respond. And at the meeting, a representative of Skadden provided an overview, again, of the director's fiduciary duties in connection with their evaluation of the potential sale in general and Microsoft's non-binding indication of interest specifically. Here's what this does. Here's how these terms work. Here's why you might be concerned about X, Y, or Z. The Activision Blizzard Board of Directors discussed the potential benefits of assessing third parties' interests, including the potential to obtain a higher value for stockholders from a third party and the potential that increased competition could result in an increased purchase price and better overall terms for Activision Blizzard. What if we start an auction? What if we let folks know that this is in play rather than be completely secret to everybody on the outside until we announce it with Microsoft? We see that that didn't happen, of course. We know what actually did, but the board is considering, hey, maybe we should get these folks fighting. The Activision Blizzard board of directors also discussed the significant downside and disruption that could occur from market rumors regarding exploratory outreaches, including a potentially adverse reaction from Microsoft that could negatively impact its willingness to proceed with a transaction with Activision Blizzard. And again, business judgment rule, that's fine. It's important to evaluate those kinds of things. Generally speaking, if Microsoft is interested in your assets at a certain price, they understand the game. They know that, hey, if you want to shop it around and it's still worth it at the price that we'd pay, we would still do it. We saw this, of course, with Disney and Comcast and Fox fighting over things and making the price go up and up and up and realizing more shareholder value as part of that. Of course, the Activision Blizzard board didn't wind up doing that, but they did extend some feelers. After discussions, the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors authorized and directed Mr. Kotick, along with other members of Activision Blizzard's management and or advisors as needed, to contact companies C, D, and E, and in the event of insufficient interest, to contact one other potential strategic counterparty, which presumably would be Company F, but isn't actually mentioned here because that is never actually engaged. That same day, as authorized by the board at the earlier meeting, Mr. Mr. Kotick contacted the chief executive officer of Company C. The chief executive officer of Company C stated that Company C was potentially interested in acquiring Activision Blizzard. So the initial reaction from Company C is, we're interested. 
As described below, however, Company C determined not to proceed with a potential transaction and a mutual non-disclosure agreement was never negotiated. Also on that same day, Mr. Kotick reached out to Company D. Company D stated that Company D was potentially interested in acquiring Activision Blizzard. Again, these phone calls are coming out of nowhere uh, from Bobby Kotick and Activision Blizzard. The following day, December 13th, Mr. Kotick speaks to the chief executive officer of Company E, and the chief executive officer of Company E indicated an interest in a potential acquisition of Activision Blizzard, but expressed concerns regarding the ability to execute a transaction between the parties. For whatever reason that might be, we aren't really told other than that they need to evaluate it internally. A few days later, Mr. Kotick would speak with a senior executive of Company E, and Company E informed him that they were not in a position to pursue a full acquisition of Activision Blizzard, although they could enter into other contracts uh, at a later time. So Company E is out. So as of December 13th, 2021, the day that Activision Blizzard is supposed to tell Microsoft we're in at $90, they have consideration from company A that was unsolicited, individual B, which was unsolicited in which the Activision Blizzard board has said they're going to ignore. C, we know will eventually be out, but isn't out at this present point in time. E is out almost immediately, at least as described here. And D, which isn't out and will potentially have a potential bidding interest, but that Activision Blizzard moves on Microsoft before they get that done. Mr. Kotick did not reach out to a fourth party. There is no company F. And on December 13th, 2021, representatives of Allen and Company received an inquiry from a senior executive of company C about that potential transaction. Now we're on December 14th. They haven't responded to Microsoft yet. Activision Blizzard senior management then presented to the Activision Blizzard board of directors updated financial forecasts regarding Activision Blizzard's long-term financial performance for fiscal years 2021 through 2024, which, this is an important part of the story, had been downwardly adjusted from the plan that had been approved by Activision Blizzard management on November 2nd, 2021. And it was downwardly adjusted for, among other reasons, the underperformance of the recently launched Call of Duty Vanguard and the potential effects of that underperformance in 2022. Now, there's a lot of disclaimers in this paragraph that follow from that, including, hey, this isn't what we normally do. We only did this evaluation because Microsoft is considering purchasing us and we're now in the shadow of an acquisition. This assumes we don't change anything about the way we're operating, which, of course, the company would, looking at Vanguard and looking at how that was received by the marketplace, et cetera, et cetera. But the Activision Blizzard board approved use of such updated risk-adjusted financial forecasts for the purposes of considering the potential transaction with Microsoft. So from the board's perspective, the lowering of the forecast helps justify a potentially lower price for the acquisition in the eyes of the board of directors and what they submit for shareholder approval. Later on December 14th, 2021, Mr. Kotek meets with the chief executive officer of Company A, that company that received an unsolicited bid uh, for Activision Blizzard, during that meeting, the chief executive officer expressed that a strategic combination between the companies would be beneficial for both companies and stockholders, but did not, provide, did not provide a proposal for a potential transaction. So as far as Activision Blizzard is concerned, and Bobby Kotick with more particularity, we're at that phase where Phil and Satya Nadella say, hey, you thinking about maybe selling the company? And instead of actually soliciting a number, there's no indication that Bobby Kotick or Activision Blizzard actually asks for such a proposal like they did with Microsoft, says, hey, give us a number uh, and we'll think about this. Here, company A doesn't give a number, doesn't sound like Activision Blizzard asks for a number, uh, and of course, they don't get one. Also on December 14th, Mr. Spencer calls and says, hey, uh, you know, our timeline was yesterday. Are you guys thinking about agreeing to sell your company to us? He asks to receive an update on Activision Blizzard's response. Now, this isn't unusual either. 
Microsoft sets that timing in order to put pressure on Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard launches into action, evaluating other potential strategic acquirers. And then Microsoft calls up the day after and says, hey, we put that timeline on there for a reason. Are you going to sell to us? Uh, and essentially what Bobby Kotick says is we still got to think about things. It says additional meetings of the Activision Blizzard board of directives were planned in advance of Activision Blizzard delivering response to Microsoft's non-binding indication of interest. So still not answering Microsoft. Microsoft knows this. Microsoft probably has an inkling that Activision Blizzard is looking at and evaluating potentially other ways out, which again is, is what their board is supposed to do to maximize shareholder value. On December 15th, 2021, at another board meeting, they look at financial forecasts of the long-term performance as extended through fiscal year 2026. So they got their financial people to look at it for another two years. What does this look like? Should we sell? Mr. Kotick provided an update in respect of companies C, D, and E. Activision Blizzard discussed a range of potential alternative responses in connection with the non-binding indication of interest. And after discussions, and here's where Activision Blizzard decides to sell their company. The Activision Blizzard board of directors directs Kotick and Kelly and representatives of Allen and Company, their financial folks, to convey to Microsoft a request to increase its proposed purchase price from $90 per share to $100 per share. At the same time, the board authorizes management, that's Bobby to you and I, to proceed with negotiations with Microsoft without further board approval in the event management is able to increase the Microsoft proposal to at least $95 per share. This is negotiation, but it's exactly what you would expect and very lightly done by the board here. You've offered 90, let's ask for 100, we're willing to settle at 95. But part of that game is potentially not telling the other side that 95 is your drop dead price, which we'll see Bobby Kotick does seemingly almost immediately in respect of these negotiations. So the board has effectively said one, we're probably gonna sell this company. We're not looking to have it go standalone. If we can get $95 of cash, and while they're making the motions to potentially evaluate potential other acquirers, aren't really pressing them very hard. Some of that's the board, some of that's Bobby Kotick. And at the same time, Microsoft is saying, now, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. This deal goes away if you don't do something. And Phil Spencer's on the phone saying, hey, are you going to answer our letter of intent? Later that day, a senior executive of Company C communicates to Allen and Company that Company C will not be in a position to proceed. So E is out, C is out, A, B, and D still live, but Activision Blizzard isn't seemingly being terribly active in soliciting a bid from those entities and that individual. Later that evening on December 15th, Kotick and Kelly request to Mr. Spencer that Microsoft increase its proposed purchase price to $100 per share. Mr. Spencer notes that further discussion will be required, then he would respond in the next day or two. Hey, we didn't sign that letter because we're looking at what we think we're actually worth. You opened at 80, we asked for 90 to 105. Of course you come back at 90. Now we're asking for 100. And what can you give us? The next day, the chairperson of Company D calls Mr. Kotick and communicates that Company D is interested. A number of days later, this is Company D doubling down and saying, yeah, we're interested in potentially buying you. Let's talk. Also on the morning of December 16th, Mr. Nadella requests a phone call. This is the CEO of Microsoft. This has been elevated above Phil Spencer and inquires whether Activision Blizzard would consider a proposal below the $100 per share that you had just asked for. Mr. Kotick suggests to Mr. Nadell that Microsoft should provide its best and final offer. That's right. Don't negotiate against yourself. Give us your best deal. Mr. Nadella reiterates Microsoft's desire to move expeditiously. Ms. Shores, Kotick, and Nadella hold a series of telephone calls over that whole day, and Mr. Nadella initially communicates Microsoft's willingness to increase the price contemplated by the non-binding indication of interest from $90 to $93 per share on the condition that Blizzard grant Microsoft a 30-day exclusive exclusivity period at which point Mr. Kotick 
puts all his cards on the table. He informs Mr. Nadella that he's not authorized to proceed at a price below $95 per share, but he is authorized to consider $95 per share with a 30-day exclusivity commitment at that price level. So he just says 95 is what I'm authorized to do. No seeming negotiations from the 93 between the 100 and the 93 after that ground has been given from Microsoft. And he needs a reverse termination fee, which is their naming for a penalty amount if this deal gets blocked by regulators. Subsequently, Mr. Adela proposed to increase the price provided for in Microsoft's non-bonding indication of interest to that $95 per share and expressed willingness to engage in discussions on whether Microsoft would agree to a reverse termination fee and the quantum of such fee, fancy words for amount, as well as other transaction terms at the appropriate time. We're not going to pre-negotiate those kinds of things. Later in the evening, representatives of Skadden send a markup of the exclusivity agreement back to Microsoft. So they've been holding on to it, also probably doing some work on it in case Activision wants to move forward with it. And so after those conversations between Kotick and Nadella, they finally send their comments back to the other legal team. It's also how you know as a lawyer that there's some business negotiations going on when something fairly simple like marking up an exclusivity agreement takes a little bit longer. When when your legal counterparts go dark, uh, you know something's going on on the business side. December 17th, we have more meetings, including one of the board, the Activision Blizzard board of directors received an update on company CD&E. Kodak noted that he had not received at that time any communication from the chief executive officer of company D after his discussion with the company on December 16th, and that C and E were out. Also on December 17th, the chief executive officer of company D emailed Mr. Kotick, noting that company D was keen to engage and explore a potential transaction. Somebody's very interested. And Mr. Kotick isn't saying much to the board of directors on that point, at least as described by Activision itself. From the afternoon of December 17th through the morning of December 20th, representatives of Skadden and Simpson had multiple calls discussing open points with the exclusivity agreement and the indication of interest. That's the lawyers getting to work. The lawyers do all that stuff uh, behind the scenes. They argue the points. What does indemnification look like? What do all these things in the term sheet look like? Uh, And that's happening while the business folks at Activision Blizzard and Microsoft are hammering some of this stuff out. On December 20th, Messrs. Kotick and Kelly, together with a representative of Allen & Company, had a video conference with Company D. Mr. Kotick discussed that Activision Blizzard could represent an attractive strategic combination for Company D, but explained that circumstances had changed since he first spoke with Company D's chairperson and that it now was likely that very shortly, Activision Blizzard would not be in a position to engage in additional discussions for some period of time, which is code for we're going to enter into an exclusivity. We're going to enter into, for all intents and purposes, a deal document process with some other purchaser imminently. And to be honest, that can often put the fear of God into whoever you're talking to. Sometimes it works to your benefit uh, and they put together a deal very, very fast. But again, this company hasn't yet had the opportunity to see the information that Activision Blizzard has shared with Microsoft, what its prospects are, that long-term plan, and is operating in that position that Microsoft was in when they offered $80. So We don't really have even footing here, and it's all presented as pressure from Microsoft to get a deal done expeditiously when it's entirely unclear why Activision has to move with such alacrity on this particular transaction. So Microsoft is doing its job. Phil Spencer, Satya Nadella know what they're doing, and they are pushing Activision Blizzard when all of this happens. And Activision Blizzard actually has what is described as somebody very interested in making a deal with them and they don't even get to a single offered monetary term because at the first instance where things get serious, Bobby Kotick says, eh, we're going to be signed up to exclusivity before you can get anything done. 
The representatives of Company D expressed that Company D was not prepared to proceed expeditiously on the basis of publicly available information and implied that Company D would only be interested in relaying an indication of interest if provided with an opportunity to review confidential information. Exactly what Microsoft asked for. Following this call, no further discussions were held with Company D. We're really interested, but we need to see the same stuff that you showed Microsoft in order to evaluate exactly what we want to do. The board has talked about potentially an auction process being valuable for its stockholders, but hey, we're in bed with Microsoft now. They're willing to offer $95. We have a lot of friendly calls. That Satya Nadella seems like a fine chap. And so let's just not move forward with any of the things that we've evaluated. In the evening of December 20th, representatives of Skadden and Simpson exchanged further drafts of the term sheet. Subsequently, that evening, the exclusivity agreement was executed. And for all intents and purposes, all of this process is done and $95 is the number. December 21st, Mr. Morgado informs the Activision Blizzard board of directors that Activision Blizzard has entered into that exclusivity agreement. About a week later, access is provided to a virtual data room. This is that due diligence process. Yes, they've evaluated some things, confidentiality. This is where you show them all your contracts. You show everything that you've got because they're going to buy you. And that all goes into a virtual data room. That's some of the logistics. It's actually pretty hard about these deals that we've talked about in the past. On December 29th, representatives of Simpson sent an initial draft of the merger agreement to representatives of Skadden. Even the lawyers are moving fast here. That's a pretty long merger agreement and they get it done. Toot suite, including a termination fee payable by Activision Blizzard to Microsoft equal to 3.75% of the transaction's equity value in the event of a termination of the merger in certain circumstances, including if the board revokes its recommendation or goes for a superior proposal. So when you sign this up, then you're bound and you get into real trouble if you back out of it, as we talked about in this very playlist, for those of you interested. During the weeks of January 3rd and January 10th, Messrs. Kotick and Spencer and respective members of their management, along with legal advisors, discussed and negotiated certain key open points. This is, we've signed the term sheet, we're negotiating the deal documents, this deal is going to go through, barring some major issues. I'm skipping a lot of this because this is just the board getting apprised of these various things. Representatives of Skadden then presented on the Activision Blizzard's Board of Directors fiduciary duties, again, in the context of considering this transaction at where it is at that point, which is with an exclusivity sign, with a statement of intent acknowledged and agreed to. January 14th, representatives of Skadden delivered an initial complete draft of the confidential disclosure schedules, which we've talked about as part of this playlist as well, which modifies the reps and warranties that are given in the merger document itself. And that's a big, big, big process for any large corporation to actually fill out those schedules. So that's a big deal. January 14th through January 18th, representatives of Activision Blizzard and Microsoft have multiple conversations related to outstanding matters with respect to the agreement and the confidential disclosure schedules. On January 17th, Allen and Company reviews with Activision Blizzard Board of Directors its financial analysis and renders an oral fairness opinion, $95 is a fair price as we evaluate it. I don't think anybody is really disputing that. $95 is a low price. You can understand why it's low. There's no reason to believe it's unfair, and I'm not a financial analyst, but the fairness opinion strikes me as fundamentally accurate. The question is whether the board actually went and realized a maximal gain for the stockholders when they effectively answered the first person that asked them to the dance and didn't really proceed further with anybody else, even those folks that had asked them to proceed further with them. Following the approval of the merger agreement and the transactions contemplated thereby by the board, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft finalized the merger agreement. Mr. Kotick discussed during the evening of January 17th and the resolution of which was approved by the ad hoc committee. Early in the morning on January 18th, 2022, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft executed the merger agreement and prior to the opening of trading on that day, issued a joint press release leading, most importantly, of course, to the start of Microsoft and Activision and what I titled buying low 
at the time. So this has been reported on in a couple of places. Thank you to everybody that asked me to talk about this. I really do believe that Microsoft putting this much pressure on Activision and Bobby Kotick in the face of that Wall Street Journal article led to a very, very short form process of evaluating what the what the actual fair market value of a company like this is. So $95, as I said, I think is unlikely to have a lot of problems with the stockholders because they are institutionally held. Uh, it does have a fairness opinion. Activision Blizzard's gone through the appropriate steps here. But when actually analyzing how this went down, Activision Blizzard pressed into evaluating its own value at one of its lowest points in its history based on everything that happened with California and the EEOC and management questions and board questions and everything else, and essentially going along with a deal where they effectively agreed to the lowest term that was ever offered by them at each individual step and denying company D and denying company A and denying individual B, whoever that might've been and what that might've looked like, really moving forward in any material respect. I, if I were a stockholder of Activision Blizzard, I wouldn't like much of this story. And I don't mean that to mean that the board has acted in an illegal fashion. I think it's very difficult to say that when we do have the business judgment rule, when we talk about those things uh, in this context. But certainly, if I were looking at it, I wouldn't be thrilled. And that, to me, is how Phil hustled Bobby in both use cases for the world. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you do enjoy these conversations of software and technology through the lens of business and law, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As I said, we cannot do it without viewers and listeners like you. And I do want to thank, again, our sponsors, Dragon Girl, Falcus Vipus, Nord, Opal Studded Dagger, and Brendan Coleman for this month, February 22. Support. And if you just want to subscribe, ring the bell, upvote, downvote, share it on Reddit, share it on forums that you find yourself on, Twitter, wherever else you might find it interesting. I appreciate every bit of support. And I know YouTube does too, because the more subscribers we get and we do continue to grow at a nice clip, the more YouTube pays attention to the content we are putting out. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.